For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. This is it. Just this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling Douglas I dream about that. <sighs> well, I'd like to thank my teacher, Tygen, for asking me to uh, give this talk. I'd like to thank Eno, Jerry, Tantos, Patient, Douglas for supporting me. To thank Ugetsu for holding the space and the Sangha. Everybody else. Thank you. The purpose of this talk is simply to encourage you to practice. That's what I have to offer. I hope you'll be generous both with me and with it. Um, according to the traditional Zen text, uh, upon realizing the truth, the Buddha said, I and all beings in the whole great earth have simultaneously attained the way together. As Barry Majid, one of Jokobek's Dharma heirs, rightfully says, okay, um, but are there any intermediate steps? How do I get from here to there? He offered us these affordable truths. Understand that life is disease. Dissatisfaction is always present. Two, let go of the cause of suffering, delusion and desire based on ignorance. Three, realize its cessation by understanding things as it is. Or cultivate the path to be free of ignorance. A holistic life, awakened view, intention, speech, action, livelihood, effort, relational awareness, supported by Sazam. This pointer and instruction are not passive. Uh, they're activities. Understand, let go, realize, cultivate. One of life's, what he's saying is he's saying that one of life's characteristics is dukkha, right? Um, what I sometimes think of as itch, uh, fueled by the three poisons, which are greed or lust, this pulling toward feeling, it's grasping, and hatred or anger, pushing away, and delusion or ignorance, which is just confusion about how things are. So do you understand? Traditionally, the poisons are opposed and transformed by generosity, loving kindness, and wisdom. I plan to talk about the first tonight, where there is grasping generosity, the first parameter or quality of an awakened mind, 
mind of to letting go. This morning at coffee, my partner Emily was saying that she really wanted to hear the talk. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? I'm like, I'm doing so it's on generosity, right? Um, I, <laughs> at that moment, I was like, I it's nothing I haven't said before a thousand times. Uh, drop your stories, and that's what's left. And we both looked at each other and was like, oh, that's really good. Um, but maybe not super helpful. Sharon Salisbury tells a story about a Thai forest ma master who visited the West being puzzled by the sequence of teachings we seem to be following here. In Asia, he said, the teachings proceed from generosity to morality and then to meditation and insight. Why is this important? Zazen, in a context of generosity and morality, can allow insight to occur more gracefully and easily. They facilitate transformation, seeing who we already are, because the self can become momentarily superfluous, and with that disidentification, something to examine rather than someone to be. This is a good moment to apologize, because in making this shorter, I made it denser. So <laughs> here we go. Ah. When I asked my first teacher to take me on as a student, one of the core instructions he gave me was dana, to give. And to give enough that I could feel it. it created discomfort. Discomfort helps point to our core question. What do I really need right now to be happy? Or maybe it's to have enough. Maybe it's to be enough, to belong, be loved. I'll have one. Salzburg says, we see our limits and we extend them continuously, which creates an expansiveness and spaciousness of mind. You could say that the practice of generosity is about creating space. Or you could say that it's about realizing the space that's already here. When the Opposition of attachments and self dissipates. There's a mirroring that we can open to where letting go outside is echoed by an internal letting go. Stop fighting reality. Allow things to be the way they are. This is the activity of a generous heart. Generously allowing myself to be the way I appear. Perfectly expressed is already perfectly attained. This is realization. Sitting as Buddha. Of course, it's not, not about helping others, right? Um, the word generosity comes from the Latin genus meaning birth, kind, or class. So generosity is our recognition of our kinship with those of us who are our kind. 
who we identify as our kind is an indication of our maturity. Salzburg again. When our practice of generosity is genuine, when it's complete, we realize inner spaciousness and peace. And we also learn to extend boundless caring to all living beings. The three traditional aspects of generosity include first, uh, giving material things. Um, First, for a reason, if you can't give away a sandwich, uh, you're going to struggle. So we practice with stuff. The second is giving security and protection, giving safety. It's not just safety from the world. But for me especially, it was really important to provide safety from me. I am not a threat to you. And the third, giving the teaching. I understand this is not withholding. I'm not an evangelist. But if somebody asks, I'm open, spacious. Most importantly, not to do more to separate them from the truth. The teaching is not just the, the, the written teaching or the spoken teaching, but the fruit of the teaching. That's why we have the precepts. Also, using the karmic lens offered to us in the verse of atonement, which we just chanted, we can also examine generosity as being of body, speech, and mind. So we have generosity of mind, uh, where we look at the stories we tell ourselves. What are you waiting for? What's holding you back? Can you see why there's no need to defend? In Buddhist ceremonies, we dedicate the merit created to the benefit of all beings. These practices encourage the thought and intention of generosity. We are constantly in the process of reforming our minds through the thoughts we decide to allow to have room. The practice is to realize the level of control we actually have and to use it in a positive way. That was generosity of mind, then there's speech, uh, which is not only about refraining from false speech or wrong speech, but about actively making, actively making words a gift. There's a number of definitions for right speech. Generosity of speech is that which enriches both the giver and the recipient. This is if we were separate, right? And then there's generosity of body, the stuff of the world, body and non-body, being open-handed with what is ours to give. This includes the classic gifts of lay people to monks, such as food, drink, shelter, clothing, and medicine. Um, also, offering energy as work or pleasure. To perform, perform our daily activities, our job, as if it were a gift. <coughs> Whatever we do, 
to support ourselves, we carry, try to carry it through as if we were doing it for our closest friend. Can we get some water? The body's generosity to the body is the gift of pleasure. Cooking a meal for someone, taking a walk, listening to or making music, making love, giving a friend a shoulder rub or a quick hug. So many more. Final gifts to the body. Our old age, sickness, and death. To allow another to care for us is to create deep intimacy. To accept what we cannot give as we, as we would like to. To accept when we cannot give as we would like to. To be truly powerless and to trust that what we need will be provided by another. Is truly to take refuge. When we practice the dana of the body, the generosity of the body, we are the tathagata, the one who thus comes. Because we're the one who shows up. Please don't skip on offering these to yourselves. If we can't do that, our external generosity might not be as clean as genuine as we think it is. All of this is for cultivation. When I told my partner, Emily, that I was going to talk about generosity, she immediately validated that I'm incredibly generous. And I was like, wait, what? Because garlic bread. Which is to say, there are some things that often trigger deep scarcity reactions in me. So much so that there are foods everyone loves that we completely avoid. Because no matter how much I coach myself beforehand, there's no escaping the borderline panic that blossoms into unreasoning anger and judgment. After laughing, she agreed that, yeah, that's real. Uh, But she was talking about time. And when I'm needed, I usually drop whatever. A book, video game, project, an idea about what I want to be doing right now. And turn completely to the person and situation in that moment until we are cared for. Because thanks to years of training and the love of so many teachers, I can sometimes briefly not be confused about who I am. This first paramita, while it begins with stuff, is at heart about expanding our idea of our identity and arises from the inner quality of letting go. In case I didn't make this clear, <laughs> generosity is not someone who likes to give presents. We're not talking about a love language. 
In some ways, it could be seen as the opposite. Giving to show and feel appreciation is outcome-focused. We are talking about what is being created right now. Suzuki Roshi once offered creation as Dana Parmita. Creation is now. Generosity is appropriate response, responding together. The generosity of coming into alignment with each other, with the now circumstance, not confusing this with our ideas. This is a simple practice. There may be times when people think that generosity is giving until there's nothing more to give. If this is you, please consider generosity as a sustainable connective practice. Giving to ourselves, not giving ourselves away. I want to close with a story I heard from Confranz in his uh, beneficial action talk. Either his words. The former abbot of Eiji, which is the oldest Soto Zen monastery in Japan, when he passed away, he was uh, 106 years old, I think. It's remarkable. He was a tiny little man in a wheelchair, and they would wheel him around the monastery. I saw an interview with him on television where he was probably a mere 103 or something. And they were asking, what is the fruit of Zen practice? What happens, you know, and you're such a great person to be asking because you've been practicing now for something like 90 years. What does it look like? And he said, said, well, if you've really dedicated yourself to this practice, if you've really committed to these teachings, then when you see a picture on the wall that's crooked, you'll just reach up and straighten it. Thank you very much. Looks like I left some time for questions and answers. Yes. What was the phrase that you and your partner had? <laughs> uh, what was it? I remember that it was really good. Now I forget it. Drop your stories. Yes. That's, that's what's it. left. That reminds me a lot of my old teacher's teacher's Dharma talk that essentially centered around the mantra of shut up and experience. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That reminded me of that, which I really do. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
sounds like I'm free. <laughs> You're as free as you let yourself be. That's right. <laughs> Jerry. Thank you for your talk. Um, I don't exactly know what it was you said, but it, it made me think about being generous to people I don't like. <laughs> and somehow when I'm able to be nice to someone I don't like, it actually makes me like them. Because it makes them be not the enemy or not dangerous to me or not something I need to be afraid of so much. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I find someone I don't like, I purposely try to think something nice of them or purposely try to do something nice for them because that will make them safer, I guess. And that's what sometimes prevents me from being generous. It's like, you know, like somehow I'm not safe or I'm going to miss out if I something that, like, I don't have enough, so I don't want to be, don't be asking me to give something to you because you will want I, I don't have. And I do. So it's it sort of helps me to, to think in terms of that when I come across somebody that I don't particularly care. Yeah. I, uh, I found recently that Let's say this. I think I said in the talk something about the opposition of attachments and self. The idea that I'm here being generous to you uh, gets in the way. And so it feels more like allowing. Just allowing. And but it does make it more spacious. Like it just it creates spaciousness, mm-hmm. or maybe not creates creates is the wrong word. Boy, the more words I use, the worse. The war out of the left field as I go. <laughs> uh, Asian after. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. I'm Alex. Hi. Alex, hey man, welcome. Thank you. Did you have something? Oh, um, I really like the part about. Pushing things away and pulling things towards you, and yeah. I think that really runs with bigger saying about how maybe generosity is just like things be exactly as they should be. I'm just going to comment on um, what Jerry was saying. You know, when we behave, when we act generously towards someone, whether we think they deserve it or not, it actually, it does, I think it creates some space in which they maybe can, you know, experience themselves a little differently and and reciprocate. I know (coughs) there have been times when I've been kind of a jerk to someone and I kind of know it, um, but I'm like caught up in something. And then when that if that person reacts like you know you're kind of a jerk then i then i go through you know you go through this cycle of like oh shame and like you know oh don't do that and but it, it, and, and but then i'm feeling you know and then i'm feeling bad and then i do something jerky again but but if some but if they don't react if they just react generously 
sometimes it helps me to be like, oh, oh, okay, you know, I can be still like a human and, you know, maybe I can follow that good example and, and be generous or less of a jerk or, you know, so there, so I think it does, it, it, it creates possibility. There's always the possibility that they won't, you know, reciprocate, but, um, but then I just remind myself, you know, I haven't really lost anything. I made a, I made a decision to be generous. You know, I found that for me, the best way to not be a jerk is to move first. Because if I let the other person kind of make the opening gambit, often they're defensive or mm-hmm. something is sharp. Mm-hmm. And I have a really hard time not being sharp in return. <laughs> <laughs> so if I can be like, hey, yeah. how are you? How can I help? How's your day going? What do you, what do you, what do you need? How can I help? Yeah. Already, that relationship is created, right? I, it's, I, but once, yeah, it's hard. Once, but if I'm the, if I'm the jerk in the beginning, it's so hard. Shame. Oh. Yeah, we've already. <laughs> oh, I'm wrong. Oh no, I'm already wrong. <laughs> we've already created a world with our thoughts that we then act in, and it leads to more of that yep. world. Yeah. 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 Back. <laughs> <laughs> I think the opposite side of that is that friendships that are based in overcoming initial conflict tend to be the friendships that last for like decades. Mm. All of my longest running friends, I'm punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> Very cool. That makes sense. Oh, ah, ah, again. Uh, yes, uh, thank you. I like what you said about generosity as creating space, but also especially that generosity must be generous to oneself as well as to others. And that I think that opens up a lot. So thank you for that. Yeah, I, I don't know how... It's really possible to be generous to anybody else until this unlocks. On the other hand, the practice is important. <laughs> yeah. Because it is a process. That, that's the, the practice of being generosity. The practice of being generous Shows me where my edges are, and then I know where to look to figure out who I'm not. There you go. Um, I really like what you just said about. <laughs> Yay! Um, Perfect. <laughs> um, oh, um, taking the the first action um, in order to to be generous. Um, a lot of my inaction comes from fear of, of nature, um, fear of interaction, fear of conflict, fear of etc. 
Um, and I found at the times that I, not allowing that fear to cross the brain and I just default to doing something, um, it often comes with a bit more of a generous outcome. That's very helpful to remember. Don't think I realized it until I said it in response to Asian, so thank you. <laughs> it's definitely what I do at work and it helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you use the word default, which I think is a really interesting word for this, because what we do in Zazen, among other things, is sort of train a part of the brain or the loosely correlated bunch of synapses called the default mode network and it's literally training what we do when we're not paying attention so like the more zazen we do the more our default is you know likely to be appropriate and helpful for the situation as opposed to destruction and chaos so i mean that's that's like a lot of where my practice sits around is like default mode network, set good patterns, repeat good patterns, don't set bad patterns, keep the good patterns. Like that's most of my life direction. And like that's that's one of the roles that Sazen fills for me. So like default mode network all the way. Cultivation. Exactly. Yeah. Full movies. How to be less of a terrible person. Um, uh, you know, sometimes I have a problem with with some of the virtues that the paramitas and practicing compassion and the idea of becoming a compassionate person. Can I practice being compassionate to become a compassionate person? It seems to become some sort of gaining idea mm-hmm. to, to and that's why I, I find. Uh, the whole thrust of the precepts, uh, easier to work with. The whole idea of I'm not going to harm other people and I'm going to take care of other people. Um, rather than being compassionate, I don't know. Um, or giving. It, it's, um, yeah, I have, it may be just me. I have a, I have a very a greedy, <laughs> personality. <laughs> oh, that gaining mind uh, is a uh, huge part. You think more so than other people? I can't speak for other people. <laughs> it's a deeply embedded part. I do believe we can step back and open up to take care of others and meet others and recognize the connection to others and work from that. But, uh, yeah, I did. When I when I've tried to be compassionate or something like that, I just I feel like I'm getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. I remember when Hartman said something to me once. I was like, I was in Dokusalakar. I was like, I think I'm really being helpful. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Thank you, Blanche. <laughs> but she was right. You know, like that's the gaining idea, right? Like yeah. this is who I am. You know, it's just, just like think. 
Christian, you were going to yeah. say something. Well, I like the, I, I've noticed this too, but I, I haven't been able to articulate it that way, that um, we think that our actions are shaped by our thoughts, but it's, I think you're pointing out that it's equally true that our thoughts can be shaped by our actions, mm-hmm. you know, that we can, we can do, we can practice mm-hmm. according to the precepts before we feel fully like, oh, I get this, or this is who I am, mm-hmm. or um, I'm, I'm a compassionate person, we can just practice it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's transformation that can come about that way. Yeah, I think that's a that's the generosity I'm trying to point out. Yeah, which is not a doing, but a being. I that seems like the right word. <laughs> a not, stance. Not yeah. It's it's yeah. It's a paradigm. Stance stance. It's a. <laughs> This is, this is, this is, okay. A grok. It is strange. Give it that. I think we're out of time. You're right. How do we close? <laughs>